Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. Did you ever play soccer? I did. Um, not for long. I played for one season in seventh grade. Uh, my older <laughs> sister, Christy, was an amazing soccer player, but she was injured this particular year. So she agreed to help out as an assistant coach for our middle school team. And I am pretty certain that's the <laughs> only reason why I made the team. Um, because although I'm athletic, soccer was not my jam. I loved it. I, I love the sport. But hand-eye coordinated sports seem to be uh, more my speed that I'm good at. So, yeah. I totally get it. I, as a kid, I really wanted to play soccer. And I was super thrilled when I got a soccer ball for Christmas. And I even searched for it to see, was I going to get what I wanted? And I found it early. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) You little snoop. I love it. (laughs) You may not love playing soccer, but you're really good at writing about soccer. And I'm so excited to talk about your book today. It's got heart Mm. and heartache and all the wonderful things in between. And I just have to gush because you are so good at writing nonfiction. Also, fiction, to be honest, you're just a really Mm. phenomenal writer. Well, goodness. Thank you. (laughs) Cue the blushing. That's very nice. Um, Well, I'm so thrilled that we get to talk about Courage in Her Cleats, the story of soccer star Abby Wambach, written by me and illustrated (laughs) by the amazingly talented Alexandra Badu. We're excited to talk with you, Kim, and the illustrator Alexandra and the editor Kayla Tostavine. Thwomp, whiz, whoosh. Let's get started. So, Kim, we're going to start with you. Okay. So exciting to interview you on our podcast. Yay. Woo. Where Woo. did you get the idea for this story? So this story, it actually kind of wasn't my idea. It was Kayla's idea. I got an email from Kayla in October of 2020, a very lovely email. And um, she was suggesting or asking if I would be interested in writing another female athlete-focused biography since um, Her Fearless Run was received so well. And um, I absolutely was definitely interested in that. So we set up a meeting and I pitched, I think I pitched maybe three or four uh, different people for uh, a subject for the biography, but Abby was definitely at the top of the list for me anyway. And then um, Kayla and Will, the publisher, agreed that Abby would make a fabulous subject for a biography. And 
So that's where the idea came from. It oh my a, goodness. Collaboration from the beginning. I remember when you were trying to decide which people to pitch and you were doing mm-hmm. all this research and trying to find the best. And I yep. do. I love that you landed on Abby Wambach. She's the perfect um, subject for this book. Kayla, so we already know that you were asking for this story, <laughs> but what was it about this story, this particular one that she that Kim ended up writing that made you want to acquire it? I just remember when Kim was pitching the ideas. Uh, I don't even remember who else you pitched now, Kim, because I just remember being so drawn into Abby's story. I think you had just recently read her biography, too, Mm -hmm. so it was all fresh. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Kim was telling us about all of these struggles that Abby faced and how she just overcame them. And it made such a natural story as well. That's always the biggest thing I'm looking for with biographies is... You can't just list somebody's accomplishments. Like, that's great if they accomplished a lot, but you want a whole arc of tension <laughs> and, that's boring. and excitement. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Abby's story already had that built in just from the turn of events that her career took. So I knew that Kim would do a great job with that since she did such a great job with Catherine Switzer's story. And sure enough, from the first draft, uh, Kim's really good about using language to up that natural tension even more. Got the sound effects. She's got, We've yeah, got the, the onomatopoeia. Love it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The thump whiz whoosh works yeah. really well throughout this. Um, but yeah, all of those natural struggles and triumphs combined with Kim's language, we knew from the first draft, like, yeah, we want this. We thought we'd maybe have to do a couple drafts before we knew for sure, but she nailed it. She did. <laughs> it's definitely a winner. <laughs> so Kim, can you yes. please share us share with us your writing process for this book? Yes. Um, so I find every biography is very different, which is interesting because you would think if, if it's a biography, it's kind of the same um, each time around. But um, it always starts with research, and which is my favorite part, actually. Um, I And I always start my research with the best of intentions of staying organized and keeping all of the information that I find very neat. Um, I usually start with note cards where I write uh, a fact on one side and then the source that it came from on the other. So I kind of keep things, um, you know, together and know where they came from. Um, that generally lasts for a little while. And then quickly, I just end up using my yellow pad of legal, my yellow legal pad um, to just continue to write. Cause I, my brain, I feel like just works really fast. And I, to pause, grab a note card, write all that stuff down. So I have the best of intentions of staying organized. It doesn't always work out, but I have all the information written down somewhere. So I know if, if it's written down, I'll find it if I need it. So, (laughs) and I generally tend to go back to my notes a million times uh, when I'm working on uh, a biography. Um, and I, I have a hard time uh, stopping my research. I like to linger in the research because uh, drafting is uh, very terrifying to me. I, here so you know, I have this um, hate-hate relationship with drafting. It's just really hard for me. I mean, give me revision all day long. It's a love-hate relationship with with revision, but hate-hate with, with drafting. <laughs> um, I just have a really hard time figuring out um, 
how to get started. And so I tend to procrastinate and not start. Um, so I'm working that on that. But could mean that you're just percolating. And then exactly. when you do start, it's just way better than it would have been. Do you have a, write, a specific writing schedule? Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. I do not have a writing schedule. I wish I did. I feel like I go through uh, periods of time when I do have a writing schedule. I tend to write um, in the mornings. Um, a lot of times I'll wake up early before the kids get up for school and try to get some things in then, some time in then. Um, but uh, that ebbs and flows. Uh, lately, you know, it's cold now. And so I like to sleep in and stay warm in the covers. Um, so I try to just write. For me, I just have to be inspired to write if I get a story idea. Um, and then, then I can't get it out of my head. Then I'm just going to sit down and write and research. And um, that's, that's when I get most of my writing done. Is I feel like in spurts. It's not really like a consistent day-to-day kind of thing. I love that. So yeah. what do you do when you're stuck and you want to write, but you just can't? Um, <laughs> that's an excellent question. Um, when I'm stuck and I want to write, but I can't. Or when I have a deadline and I have to write. Right. Right? Like edit notes that need to go back to the editors. Um, I think what's helpful for me, I print everything out. So like all of Kayla's notes, when she sent me back... Um, the different things to, to work on. Um, I print them out and I go through them one by one and I just kind of let them percolate a little bit. Um, a lot of times I'll go back to my, my messy notes and just read things over. What did I miss? There's gotta be something I missed here. Um, that could, that could help solve this, this problem that we're having in the manuscript. Um, so I think going back it to the research and trying to find a nugget that I missed that could really uh, make a difference in the story. And I feel like that happened a lot actually in the revision process through Kayla's notes. This story was absolutely written in revision for sure. <laughs> it, it totally thousand percent was. That is thanks super... To Kay- thanks to Kayla's notes. <laughs> I think yeah. that's very important for people to know that mm-hmm. a lot of books... Most books, but I would venture to say all books mm-hmm. are have at least one or two or one hundred million revisions before right? they, <laughs> before they're published. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, Kayla, do you want to chat a little bit about what the editing process was like? I kind of alluded to it a little bit, but coming from your end, what was it like? Well, yeah, that's so funny hearing about it from your perspective, because from my end, like I didn't see all of that internal struggle you were having (laughs) with it. So to me, it was just I sent you a bunch of notes and then you did a great job addressing most of them on the first try. What was probably not the first try for you, I'm sure, but the first try that I saw. (laughs) So it was a pretty good volley of just us going back and forth with notes and uh getting down to the smaller and smaller things. With this one, honestly, I feel like most of the story revision went pretty smoothly. And then, you know, you need a few more volleys back and forth for line edits and word choice and everything. But the hardest part of this one was we didn't have enough pages. And yeah. um, we needed to fight for an extra spread. Mm-hmm. And then, um, which we did get, thank goodness. Yes. So we could yes. have that final big spread of Abby successful mm-hmm. after her hundredth goal. Yes, Uh, so important. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I'm glad that worked out. And then a lot of it, honestly, uh, was 
I feel like the art process was harder than the text process because we had to keep doing some little text adjustments for that, make sure mm-hmm. everything was matching up with Alexandra's lovely art. Um, but also just all of the fact checking that goes into nonfiction mm-hmm. makes it such another level from working on fiction, which I mostly work on. Uh, but yeah, those biographies, we had to check the uniforms multiple times. We realized yes. at one point in the process that the uniforms weren't uh, correct in one part. So we had to be like, sorry, Alexandra, can you <laughs> fix these colors? Oh my goodness. Um, it's so much work. I well know. worth it though. Exactly. Well worth it, it turned out great. And one <laughs> of our biggest problems is uh, that Abby is most recognizable with her short blonde haircut. And the story we mm-hmm. were telling takes place when her hair is long and brown. And right. we were like, well, we can't show her hair that everybody's used to because that's inaccurate. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that's why our cover kind of turned out how it did, too, because we we're like, let's try to show more recognizable Abby, but also we need to show what she looks like in this book. And we wanted to show the kid version of her as well, even though we don't see her for as long in the book. So things like that, honestly, on my end, at least felt a lot more uh, tricky than any of the text process. Well, it turned out beautifully. And speaking of illustration um, issues, (laughs) Alexandra, (laughs) Your illustrations, as we've been talking, they're just so lovely and stunning, and I just love looking at them. What mm-hmm. was your illustration process like? Um, I think there's uh, working on like real people. It's always the same. It's you know, it starts with research on my end to trying to get a lot of photos. You know, just tabs, tabs of people. It looks creepy. If somebody opens my computer and sees my like tabs, like color coded tabs that are full of pictures of a person trying to understand like there's their Instagram. It's like whatever you find, like with their videos. There was a couple videos uh, of her. I think there was like some injury videos open. There was a bunch of really, <laughs> like weird things. Like somebody would think that I was like planning something. I was a speaker <laughs> looking at their work. Um, and the sketching, you know, it's just, um, the, I like sketching on the whole book at the same time using artboards so I can see everything. I can look at the flow. Um, I come from an animation background. Uh, so for me, the most important thing is the flow of the book. So I can see everything together, like or everything laid out together. So I, I just look how the movements are working uh, throughout. Like when you turn the page, it's not only like one page to another. It's just like the experience of turning the page and how that flow works. Uh, so sketching is mostly like a little bit more like planning like in drawing and just trying to look into compositions. Um, and this is about soccer. I not... Personally, I'm not too big on soccer. Uh, so there was a lot of research on, like, I would go to my partner. He's really big on soccer. So I was like, how did I do this? Like, is this right? Like, is it like she, like, she is like, it, this just, this pose looks right, right? <laughs> so there was a lot of that. And, you know, back and forth with my art directors and just figuring out, um, how correct the things are, you know, fact-checking, which I appreciate because I miss things. Uh, I'm with, I look at it all the time. So I miss it for sure. There's always things that I miss. Uh, and I appreciate when somebody is like, hey, 
there's a mistake. Let's fix this. There, I think there was another mistake with uh, the leg she was holding when she was yeah. injured at some point. So I was like, oh, 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 that's bad. Okay, let's, let's fix that. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. you know, it's, I, I really enjoy this process of, you know, like uh, back and forth communication and, you know, revisions uh, just to make it better because, like I said, I look at it for so long. I'm just so into it. Somebody else that understands looking from outside of it is great for me. It's so important in all of writing. Well, like Kim, when you were writing the words, you had critique partners like me. Mm-hmm. Look mm-hmm. at the words. Just like when right. all of that collaboration for the whole team, when you have more than one set of eyes, it just makes it that much better. Absolutely. I totally agree. Alexander, do you draw or paint or sketch every day? Do you have a set schedule? I don't have a schedule. I do it. It comes with a profession because I need to work every day. <laughs> so it comes with that. Uh, I don't, like, sadly, I don't draw um, as a hobby anymore. It's not, like, it because it, it has been doing this for so long as, a job that anytime like I, I draw in like only like there's specific cases that I really feel like I want to draw at that moment but it feels like a job so I, I have other hobbies that I do mm-hmm. besides it so this has been amazing and the time has flown by and we have one more question for each of you so I'm going to start with you Kayla when someone reads this book what do you hope they feel or learn I think there's a lot you can learn from this book, and that's part of what's so great about it. Abby is inspirational, not just in being such a talented soccer player, but just in the way she approaches everything. She's so determined. She never gets up, even in the face of huge struggles, like overcoming her leg injury especially is so impressive. But I think within that too, what impresses me the most is I love that when she does have that leg injury and she's not going to be able to compete along with her team, instead of just kind of moping about it and feeling like, oh, I'm not going to get to do this. I'm not going to be in this competition and get this chance to win it as I've been hoping for. But she instead thinks about how can I still help my team even if I'm not there to play? And she sends them that inspirational email. And it's so cool that she's able to still be a part of it and be so selflessly supportive. And uh, that they still went to victory and she still got to share in that even as she worked on her own uh, struggles overcoming that injury. That's one of my favorite parts of the book. Uh, What about you, Alexandra? When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? You know, there's two parts about it. One of them is like when you look at it overall, uh, I think what Kayla said, it's just that it's inspirational, the mental strength of a person, uh, an athlete, uh, because athletes need to have so much mental strength. So Kim, I have been walking through this journey with you from the very beginning, and it's been super fun to, you know, watch the step-by-step process through your eyes. What do you hope that people feel or learn? So uh, for me, everything that Kayla and Alexandra said absolutely um, is, is one thing that, that I hope um, readers take away. Um, I think the biggest thing is, 
like Alexandra was saying, the, the toughness, right? The mental toughness. Um, and that's part of actually my dedication was to anyone that's going through a tough time, um, know that you're tougher than this tough time. A big thank you to Kim, Alexandra, and Kayla for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Courage and Her Cleats. Check out the show notes to learn more about Kim and Alexandra and their other fabulous work. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode, and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening, and happy happy looking. looking! Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.